Hello, listeners. Welcome to the very first episode of Invest in the Journey podcast. My name is Taylor Bree, and I'm the Communications Manager at Monroe Partners. In this episode, we're starting from the start and talking to the three founding partners on how and why they started their own funds management business. Welcome Ronnie Calvert, Nick Griffin, and John Spensley. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Thanks for having us, Taylor. So, Ronnie, what's the connection between the three of you? How do you all know each other? Uh, Taylor, it's a it's a, a long-standing connection, um, to be honest. Uh, so I met Nick uh, back in the beginning of 1993 um, as a bright-eyed uh, fresher at uh, Ormond College. We, I think we met sometime towards the end of O-Week. Um, and we've been friends ever, ever since. Um, and, yeah, so I... And John and Nick were at school together, so I think I met Spence probably sometime in the in the following six to six to twelve months. And you know, we've known each other for thirty odd years, and and we've been friends through all of that. And um, then five years ago, or six years ago now, we we um, we decided to start Monroe Partners. So that's I, I guess that's that, that that long history. So Nick, just following on from that, who got the ball rolling on starting your own funds management business? Uh, yeah, so so look, this is a bit sad, but but I'd actually wanted to do it for about twenty years. So so you know, I started as a graduate in funds management business. I, I worked in funds management. I worked in broking. I worked in funds management again. I'd, I'd always wanted to do it, um, and all of that time was spent getting your knowledge up, looking at other fund managers, looking at how they did it, and, and trying to bring the right group of people together to do it. Um, in twenty thirteen, I, I, I cajoled John. Because obviously I wanted to do it, but I had no idea how to do it. You know, I've, you know, I ju- I'm just the guy who picks the stocks and tells the stories. So you called in the experts. So I called in the pros. I called in the pros and I called in John in 2013. And I said, John, i got this awesome plan. I'm going to set up a funds management business. I'm going to call it Secular Asset Management. It's probably the worst name we ever came up with. <laughs> John tried to encourage me out of it. John, do, do, there was a minor connotation with regards to… Yeah, just where we might be able to raise money. <laughs> <laughs> There was a religious overlay, but Secular was designed around these structural growth companies that you know we like at Monroe Partners. Um, and we got close, but it, but it did. But in the end, my, my current employer retained me. Um, I then actually went back to Scotland where I'd spent a lot of time um, as, a, as, a, as a younger um, funds manager and, and spent three years there and my wife's from there and, and spent more time looking at, you know, these great businesses that they have in Scotland and how they run their businesses. And then, and then I thought, I'm going to have another go. And so this time I called John and John said, yeah, but – we didn't have enough help last time. We need more help. So I called Ronnie. Uh, I'd already asked Ronnie multiple times to come across and try and do this with me and he kept saying no. Uh, but I finally got him at the right time and he said yes. So the moon's aligned. Uh, we got together with a plan. I think we just said it was a good plan, not a great plan, but it was a good plan and it was just time to go. And so we went and, uh, and, and the rest is history. So, John, following on from that plan that you had, what were some of the non-negotiables uh, with starting your own business and also where did the name Munro come from? I'll, I'll probably start with the name. Um, so, for the uninitiated, Munro is a mountain in Scotland, uh, over 3,000 feet, and there are 282 of these uh, Munros. Uh, we sort of associated that with uh, what Nick was saying in terms of his background in uh, running money over in uh, Scotland and and some of the fund managers that uh, uh, were, were were over there um, and, and that we respected. So um, they were structured um, as partnerships and partnerships were pretty important in terms of how we wanted to structure. It was enduring, it was inflexible, it was flexible, not inflexible, just to establish <laughs> that. 
Um, and, and we respected these ones that could actually run global growth equities from what is outside the usual financial hubs of, say, New York, uh, Tokyo um, or, or London. And we obviously wanted to do this from Melbourne, Australia. Um, we're in different time zones. It can be difficult, but um, uh, that, that probably comes down to the type of investment process and how we look at things. But So the name Munro effectively came from um, the, the, the Scottish background. Um, each of these Munros are different. Their terrain's different. Uh, we've climbed them before. Uh, one that I recall was Loch Nagar. It was from, yeah, from forest to deep snow. Um, you're not exactly sure what you're going to get when you go up one of these Munros, and you can and probably see it as an investment cycle. You just don't know what's coming. And, and we chose to climb it with no food and water, and it ended up being an <laughs> eight-hour hike. We did have about 10 quid on us, and I remember <laughs> offering this guy some, what, uh, 10 quid for a box of chocolates or we, something we, like we that. We had no network weather gear, no jackets. We got to the top in shorts and a T-shirt, and people arrived with crampons and poles and jackets and said, how did you get here? It wasn't very clever. <laughs> We're a little bit better in preparing now. <laughs> um, in terms of the non-negotiables for the business, yeah. So, I mean, we just talked about partnerships there. Um, that, was, that was really important, the enduring the flexibility of it. Um, and we relied on our own experience. Uh, Ronnie's, Nick and my own experience. We'd, we'd been around a little bit um, and we'd, we'd worked in funds management businesses. We'd seen what, we, what worked and what didn't, what we liked and what we didn't like. Um, and we sat down... In, February 2016, I think it was. Yeah, February 2016 and spent a whole day just talking about what, what, we, what we saw this business being. Obviously, it's to be the global growth equity manager, but it was sort of the culture and what was important. We wanted to be open, transparent. We wanted to be committed, hungry, authentic. Um, and even today, this is how we assess ourselves um, and we assess our people and we try and instill that kind of culture. Yeah, and I'd back that up. I mean, the big nod to go, the thing that, that's funny when you get to, you know, I think we were in our early 40s launching the business. You've seen a lot of businesses and you've seen a lot of things that work and things that don't work and you've seen cultures that work and don't work and you, you try very hard from the start to build the right culture and to bring people along and that's where the partnership fits in, where we can just align everyone on the same outcome. We don't want one person with all the equity and other people with none. We want everybody to be aligned on the outcome of the business and that goes for the people who pick the stocks to the people who look after the marketing and the distribution and to the people who help build the funds. And, and that was the goal from day one and it's still the goal today. And I think, Taylor, I, th I think also that the fact that we knew each other all well before we stepped into this enabled us to have those really frank, those really frank open conversations. Like I remember that, that you know, that the... The, the day that we spent down at the the Melbourneian, I think it was, and and <laughs> it was, it was, um, it was just a, it was an incredibly refreshing thing to do to sit there and just so openly and honestly work through through that. Whereas, a, a lot of time in your in your, in a corporate in in corp, in corporate life, you you are actually you know you do sort of a, a lot of the time is spent sort of holding you know you're holding your cards close to your chest because. But that honesty was uh, was a uh, really important way of sort of I guess a you know foundation for for what we what we did going forward. That professional wall was already broken down with the the many years of friendship. Yeah, yeah. So the trust was there. So we we knew the trust was there. My next question I had for for John and for Nick, but uh, happy to hear from um, any one of you. With the Monroe Global Growth Fund, it was first um, launched in August 2016. 
Uh, what was the timeline of launching the other funds and what's the process involved with starting a new fund? Okay, so don't ask me any of this because <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is what me and John do. So, Taylor, I think um, the most important thing or one of the, is that you fight, you know, fight as fewer fights as you can. So, you know, we were really um, conscious at the beginning to launch with one fund, one product, have one message and be targeting that and essentially targeting the audience that Nick had been speaking to, uh, you know, at K2 for 10 years. So, um, you know, that glo- that global long-short equity um, with the capital protection, um, that was, you know, that was what we were know- what Nick was known for as a manager and that's what his track record was. So we, we were really clear that we needed to just have that one product to start with. We knew that there were... You know, a long-only product was made sense at some point um, and really in terms of, um, you know, the timing of the launch of those products, it, it comes down to, you know, is there any demand from the marketplace? So we're hearing from advisors that we're talking to that they really like the investment process but they prefer a long-only product rather than a long-short product. So that's that's really the, the driver behind um, timing the, the timing with the new, new products and then, you know, climate the, the Climate Leaders Fund uh, clearly, that's a, a really exciting area of interest um, for, for the investment team overall, and being able to split that out as a as a um, as a satellite product um, for people to you know, extend that bet if they want to extend that bet um, or that that position uh, in their portfolios is a really exciting product for us as well. So, Ronnie just mentioned our climate fund uh, and touched on areas of interest. Nick, how did you land on areas of interest and the investment philosophy and process? Okay. Yeah. Good question. Um, so, so when I first started doing global equities, I was about in my late twenties and I joined a firm that had just started a global fund and they said, there was $20 million in the fund and they said, here's $20 million. There was me. And they said, go cover the whole world. <clears throat> and they had another 12 people doing Australian equities. And so, so we sort of had to come up with the process that, that how we'd pick stocks and you know, generally people look at companies where they, you know, sort of look at what's happening to GDP and then what's happening to retail sales and what sector they want to be overweight or underweight. And we just came to a very early conclusion that that was a complete waste of time. Um, we were better off trying to find big structural trends where we knew that the company's earnings would grow over time and that their share price would follow their earnings. And so so over time we, we got into studying these structural trends and once we understood the structural trends – we could understand who were the winners and then once we understood who the winners were, we knew that their earnings would grow over time and and, and the, it really came from the fact you were on the other side of the world because you were asleep at night. And you didn't want to wake up and discover that something had happened that meant that this, this company was in trouble. You knew that its earnings would continue to grow and its share price would grow. And so that's how the process started and that's how we built it over time. Um, it's also important, you know, from our point of view, you know, to, to, to remind and as John says, as your global growth investor, to remind people why we're here, you know, you know so, so ultimately people are using our products because they want to access these big structural trends. They, they, they use them every single day. You know, they go home and watch Netflix all night, but they can't invest in it or, the, or they, they see semiconductors all around them, but there's no semiconductor stocks on the Australian Stock Exchange um, or the Canadian Stock Exchange. And so from, from that point of view, what, what we generally find is, um, you know, our job is to, to be your global growth manager and to go and access these big structural opportunities that you can. So it was our way of finding great companies um, and it ultimately is, is our way of serving our clients with, with what they're looking for with their investment dollars. People may have seen that we have an affiliation with GSFM but might not know exactly who they are. Can you explain how GSFM fit into our mix? 
Okay, yeah. Uh, so GSFM are our distribution partner at, 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 Mon- at Monroe Partners. Um, and so, and, and they are owned by CI Financial in Canada. So they're the reason why we also have products in Canada and, and sell, sell assets in Canada. Um, look, every fund's management firm needs distribution. I mean, the simple way to think about it is, 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 is as, as one of our great clients used to tell me, you know, you can make the best red wine in the world, but if it's, if it's, if it's down a laneway in the middle of Mornington Peninsula, no one's going to find it. Um, your red wine needs to be on the shelf at Dan Murphy's. Um, your funds management products need to be on the shelf. Um, this is a, an art into itself. It is, you know, how do you get on platforms? How do you get approved at different groups? How do you get research, et cetera? And so, so we had to entrust a group to do this. Um, we, did a, we did a bit of an RFP. We, we, we applied for people to come and look, and GSFM was by far the standout. We had very strong relationships with them. They were Melbourne-based. Um, we, we culturally fitted very well. Um, and we ultimately did a deal with them very early on to, to distribute our products to, i.e., get them into Dan Murphy's. Um, and from that point of view, they, lastly, they, they took a 25% share in the business. And it's been a, a wonderful relationship for us. It's been incredibly important to our success. Um, and and we, are, we are forever indebted to the guys, to be honest. We still have a very good relationship today and, 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 and we still enjoy working with them today. So Nick mentioned uh, CI Financial in Canada. We also have two team members in Canada. Ronnie, can you uh, add a bit more colour to that? Yeah, so um, Taylor, we were very fortunate timing in in many respects. Um, So just not long after we signed the deal with uh, GSFM to do the distribution in Australia, there was a change to the law in Canada, which allowed essentially our long short equity fund to be marketed to retail customers in Canada. And, and that happened um, roughly, you know, six months after we started working with GSFM. So uh, that became an opportunity for us to um, start working with CI directly um, and launch the Liquid Alts product as it's known in Canada. Um, we were selected as the only equity manager that they went forward with. They, they launched three funds initially. Um, so we were the, the sole equity manager. Um, and as part of them doing their due diligence, we also won um, institutional mandates from CI as well, um, which meant that we had a, you know, quite a, a large step up in terms of FUM um, around the, the, end of, uh, the end of 2018, early 2019. Um, and, you know, uh, I guess uh, from there, you know, uh, all of the investment team have travelled extensively throughout, uh, throughout Canada um, and you know, been to you know all all, all the provinces. Um, you know it's a huge country, um, and yeah, we've got sort of we've developed some really deep relationships over there over that time as well. And I, I guess when you talk about AK and Cabby, um, what we 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 realised pretty early on was obviously with time zone differences, we needed to have boots on the ground in Canada and. We'd met AK, so AK originally worked at, uh, when we first started working with uh, CI, he worked in their institutional group. Um, so we'd worked really closely with him with some institutional pitches over in Canada. Um, I identified him as someone I wanted to bring on board and it took a few months of uh, cajoling and convincing, but um, he's been a really, really huge asset to the business uh, coming in in the middle of 2020, just as we were, as you know, as performance was really strong, um, then to have have AK on the ground helping the wholesalers in Canada was uh, was was a um, it was a uh, it was a great decision for us to make and it meant that we had you know him on the ground when we couldn't travel um, and so it's it's enabled better communication and, and you know continued 
continuing to deepen those relationships. Munro celebrated five years in August last year. Ronnie, what do you hope Munro will achieve in the next five years? I think, Taylor, it's a, it's a firstly, this is a really, really good question. Um, <laughs> it's a big one. And, and, and very, you know, in a way very difficult, well, in some respects very difficult to answer. But um, I think what the things that are important um, for all of us, I think, is to, to, to maintain the things that we do really well, um, you know, to, to make sure that our culture remains strong and healthy, um, to continue to focus on diversity in the business as well. You, you, you would have heard me, you, you hear me talking about diversity yes. pretty frequently. Um, uh, it's something that we're all pretty passionate about. So the work we're doing with um, Yolanda and Future Impact, um, you know, the stuff that we're doing internally, the, you know, the, the, the training, there's, you know, you, you know, we're putting people through, through training. I know you're doing it. Yes, I'm very excited. You're doing some training at the moment. So all, all that is super important. Um, and I think what I said last year at our at our retreat. So last June we did our first ever whole team offsite retreat, which we're planning planning for in a couple of months, in three or four months' time. The first official again. one, I should. The first have. official one, yes. Um, <laughs> there's been there had been some unofficial ones, um, but I, I talked last year about sort of the sh- the shift from going from the the sprint to the marathon, and I think the next five years is all about. Making sure that you know that we 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 that you know we're more sustainable that that we're not you know live you know that we're not sort of racing the whole time that we're we're just you know that we've got good cadence of activity that we're you know we're predictable and 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 well structured and all of that. Yeah, no, the five the, the five year plan is is, is is I agree. I mean, look, it is it is all about uh, the marathon, the sprint to the marathon. The, when you start a business, you know, as everyone says, it's like jumping off of jumping off a cliff and assembling the aeroplane as you go down. Mm. Um, the aeroplane is now officially assembled, and we need to get it to fly in a straight line uh, mm. for a while. Um, and what's important to us is that our products basically do what they say on the tin. People invest in our products to be growth equity, global growth equity products, whether it's absolute return, long only, or climate. Uh, provided, you know, we stay aligned as a group and our culture stays strong about what the goal is, then the products will do what they say on the tin and ultimately people will find them useful in their, in their investment needs and that's, that's, really, that's really the goal from here. So that question was about looking forward. So if we look back, uh, a question for the three of you, what has been a highlight in your journey so far? Who wants to go first? I'm looking forward to the highlights over the next five years. <laughs> <laughs> Well, one, one, uh, I guess, slightly lighthearted one was um, Jeremy's blue velour suit that uh, he, he wore, <laughs> wore to an awards night. Uh, I think it was the, the Lonsec uh, uh, Emerging Manager Awards night. That, that was a definite highlight. The, the, that was the same one where your tuxedo got taken out of the, out of the aeroplane. Yeah, someone else took my tuxedo. <laughs> <laughs> John? Uh, yes. Um, highlights. I probably should have prepared for this question. I have. Well, why don't you go? I'll see what I come up with. Nick, what was your highlight? Um, my highlight, yeah, Joe. So as I said before, you know, um, you're, you're, you're constantly thinking about starting your own business. Um, well, I was for the best part of 20 years. And, and a lot of people would tell you not to start a business with your friends uh, because you'll fall out. Um, and, and, and the truth of the matter is that that's, that, that's not true. The best thing to do is start a business with your friends. Uh, why? Because you, you trust each other. Uh, why? Because you can get through these good and these bad bits. But what everyone doesn't tell you is how much fun you have along the way. I mean, it really is just a lot of fun. Even in the good times and the bad times, 
when even when something really bad happens, you can look at each other and just laugh occasionally. Um, and and so from that point of view, I uh, I think the highlight for me is how much I've enjoyed, even though it has been really hard work, how much I've enjoyed doing it with these two guys. John, I couldn't put it better myself. Thanks, <laughs> Nick. I think I think that's all of them. Unless we want to discuss who's going to win the tennis tournament. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time today, guys. Thank you. For Thanks, having Taylor. Us.